Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this fantastic day? I hope wherever you are, you are feeling good. You're feeling alive. Take a deep breath now. Here we go. Inhale through the nose. Exhale at the mouth. Okay. So I have pulled a card for you today to start us off. Um, And this time I pulled from the Starseed Oracle deck because it's been some time since I've had a conversation with these cards. Uh, So today I pulled Earth School and uh, the subtitle, I guess, underneath it is Life Lessons, Soul Growth, Study, Higher Learning. And higher learning doesn't necessarily mean higher education like college. It means higher learning in terms of the spirit world, the higher spirit world. Okay, here we go. Here's what the guidebook says. Planet Earth is a great initiation for the soul and life lessons are the curriculum for which we enroll. We always forget this, right? That we are spirit souls having a human experience in order for our souls to expand like the universe does. That's all sidebar, by the way. That's me and my commentary. (laughs) Um, Okay, so continuing on with the guidebook. These are not one-time lessons, but themes we choose to circle around. Deepening, sorry, deepening our experience of them as we make our way through the spiral of life. Life lessons aren't only about getting it right, they're also about getting it wrong. Remembering that Earth is a planet of polarity helps with this understanding. Each year, the study deepens more and more. So that's why the older you get, the more you realize how little you know, if you know anything at all. (laughs) Um, Okay, if you pull this card while you are going through a difficult time, you are being prompted to remember that your soul came here to grow and learn. Okay, y'all note that. If you are going through a challenging time, struggle, you know, all kinds of obstacles, feeling like you're stuck or delayed, take a closer look and say, okay, what is this teaching me? I mean, okay, it's teaching me that I have feelings, that I have moods and emotions. (laughs) Okay, what else is it teaching me? Do I have the tools within me to overcome? Um, Okay, try not to look at difficult times as, quote, getting it wrong. Instead, see them as opportunities for soul growth. If you can find a way to grow and soften your heart through the highs and lows, your soul is most definitely growing, which is the whole point, which brings me to a story I want to share with you as soon as I'm done with this. Okay, so pulling this card can also mean that you are being called to embark on a new area of study or growth. This could be through instructed learning, such as university, school, or a training course. For example, maybe you've been in a career, I don't know, like you're an accountant or something, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? 
I feel like accounting has been completed. Like I've completed that path of accounting and now I want to go like be a hip hop dancer. So I'm going to go to hip hop school or whatever it is. You know, I'm just using that as an example. Um, so maybe that's what this card signifies for you. So if you're having an, oh, also, if you are having difficulties in a relationship, you're being reminded that these opportunities are soul growth. After all, relationships are known as the number one way that we grow as souls while we are here on earth. So your starseed soul inquiry card for today is how are you being called to grow or learn? Now, I know, I know when we're going through a tough time, the last thing we want to hear is someone saying, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and it's so funny because when someone says that to you and you're in the midst of like some real hard stuff, the last thing you need is to hear that. Like, no, 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 I don't care. This sucks. So feel it, feel the suckiness of it, feel the hardship of it, feel the challenge of it. Let it run its cycle through your body. Just don't stay stuck there. You know, take whatever time you need to, to move through it. Let it mutate and form and transform and transmute and all those things of change happen. Just don't sit in it like old tea bags. Because, <laughs> you know, there's something not refreshing about a tea bag sitting in a cup of water that's been in your mug like maybe an inch of water at the bottom of your mug and you're like oh it's been sitting here all day do I want that sorry I was talking about tea and I was like oh I gotta have a sip of tea <laughs> um okay so so earth school I know it's terrible like who's drinking beverages during a podcast recording I am um, earth school, we are here to learn. Yes. And so how do we know that we are learning and evolving? This is the story I want to tell you, which is why this card coming up is so funny, um, in terms of the timing. The other day I was in the car with my mom and we are we are driving to go pick up Chinese food together. Like there was a big family gathering at her house and she was like, I'll order Chinese food for everybody. And usually my dad drives, but he was taking a nap and my mom was going to go drive. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll drive you. Um, because it was rush hour and I just would prefer that I drive her. <laughs> so we're in the car and, um, you know, making chit chat or whatever. And I don't even know how it comes up, but at some point on the drive back home, she starts talking about <sighs> college and... I think I mentioned something that my youngest was interested in possibly going to culinary school, um, something to that effect. Right. And so, I mean, in hindsight, I mean, as I was saying it, my brain was thinking, okay, maybe you shouldn't go down this path. I mean, but I was just, you know, making conversation, sharing like my kids with the my mom, you know, like, here's about your grandkids, mom, like, don't you want to know who they are as individuals? And not realizing or maybe just forgetting that she's just like my dad, <laughs> in terms of the old school immigrant thinking of you need a quote unquote, practical job 
so that you can get so-called financial security. And then you can go like do the thing that you are interested in as a hobby, you know? And I'm just like, like I really was so frustrated by that because it was just, it was a, a flashback, a deja vu, not literal deja vu, but an echo. We'll say that it was an echo of a conversation that I had with my mom when I was in college. And I told her that I was going to be an English major, that I was not going to be a pre-med major, that I was not going to medical school. And that was like, for me, that was like the hardest, biggest, most significant conversation of my life. Because here I was standing up to my parents, I mean, to my mom, because my dad wasn't in the car for whatever reason, and, and making this decision for myself to say, hey, you know what? This is what I want to do with my college education. And, you know, this is the trajectory I want to take for my life. And they were not happy. My mom was like, <laughs> just I don't know. She just wasn't happy because as, you know, Asian immigrant parents, the thinking is if you get a good paying job that will always be needed, for example, like a doctor, everyone needs a doctor all the time. And there's this perception that doctors get paid a lot of money, which thanks to American healthcare system is not the case. Um, that's an old myth. And, um, you know, then you'll be happy. You get financial stability. You have a jo- you'll always have a job. You'll never get laid off. And that equals happiness, which newsflash, guys, not true. Not true. So here she is still in the same thinking. And trying to impart that mentality or that belief on, you know, on my kids. And I mean, fortunately, my, my, my kids are, weren't in the car, but also they know better, you know, um, than to, to listen to that kind of mentality. Um, but you still hear it, you know, and you still kind of like, uh, you know, I know that my, my middle daughter, she kind of rolls her eyes when that conversation comes up. I mean, my oldest does too. And they both know like, you know, we're going to do what, what makes us happy. And, um, and they know that they have my support for that. Um, but it just was like, for me, I was, I was like mentally rolling my eyes, if not literally rolling my eyes while she was going on about it. And then, of course, she had to do the classic, you know, immigrant Filipino parent thing of comparing, you know, oh, Tita blah, blah, blah's daughter did this, this and this, you know, Tita blah, blah, blah said to her daughter, you should go to this school and major in these practical things before you go pursue the non-practical thing and look at her now. And I'm like, is she happy? (laughs) You know, like if she were to die tomorrow, would she live, would she say that she lived a happy and fulfilled life? Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I'm not in touch with her, so I have no idea, but I think what gets lost is individual happiness. And and so I want to be, I want to presence some nuance here. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not subscribing to the, the sense of individuality according to Western culture, because that's, that's kind of toxic. That's where we just think about me, 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 and don't care about anybody else. 
You know, it's like, this is what I want to do. And I don't care what, what anyone else thinks because it doesn't affect them. And I'm just going to do it because I am selfish and I don't see myself as part of a community. That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, and again, there's nuance. What I'm talking about as far as individual happiness is that when you are in alignment with your soul's calling, when you feel that you are doing something that fills your heart, that expands your very being energetically, spiritually speaking, then that inevitably helps your community. It uplifts the collective. It does all these amazing things. So there is like individualistic thinking, but then there is caring for self. So I just want to make that distinction. Um, And to say that what I think is getting lost as far as my parents go, as far as the immigrant parent mentality Again, again, I'm generalizing, so this is not all immigrant parents, but what gets lost is one's own happiness. They think that financial security equals happiness. And I don't, I don't think it does. I think financial security enables us to participate and do things and create experiences that contribute to our happiness. But I don't think... stable career plus equals financial stability equals happiness. That's the formula in their brains, right? But that's not, it's not how it works. You know, I, um, I think about so many people that I've met over the years, just randomly, you know, I remember this one holiday festival or what do they call it? Holiday boutique at my kid's grammar school. And they had invited, you know, vendors to come into the school, set up little stalls in the gym. And it was, you know, it was great. It was these little small business, family owned businesses, um, ranging from jewelry to, you know, picture books and scarves and hats, you know, those kinds of things. And there was this one table where there was a man who was wearing a chef's apron and he had this really colorful display it I think it was like aqua and um, brown and maybe a little bit of purple was the, the color palette. And he was selling chocolate. And I was like, ooh, you know, so we went, you know, my kids and I went over there and I, t- and as is my way, I talk to people. Like I love engaging in conversation with people. And so I was talking to him about it and uh, he's like, yeah, I used to work on Wall Street. And then I just got burned out. And I was like, really? Because I was like, how did you get started in chocolate? And he was like, I've always wanted to make chocolate. Like I always wanted to be a chocolate maker. I was like, wow. And he was like, you know, I worked on Wall Street and it was such a high stress job. And I don't I don't remember if he was the one that had, you know, health problems, but there were issues. There were there were minor like flags, red flags from the body that were telling him he needed to he needed to dip out, you know, and so he retired from his um, Wall Street job. He wasn't that old. He must have been in his 50s and um, started his chocolate making company. And he's so much happier now. And so he's not his story is not the only one. I mean, I've met so many people who are like that. It's like, oh, I did this thing that was so stressful and it was like not worth the money, wasn't worth the salary 
for my stress, for my anxiety, for, you know, sleepless nights, insomnia, for what? Like, what am I doing with my life? Right. And so they all, you know, quit their jobs and did the things that they wanted to do, start new businesses, you know, get involved with community service or whatever it was, you know, start working at the library, for example. And so, you know, I think about those stories and I'm like, yeah, why does it have to be physical? Like, why do you have to wait for the physical breakdown before you realize that you are not where you where you need to be, that you're not in alignment with your soul's calling. And it's because of these messages from society that say you need to, specifically capitalist society, saying you need to work this job, blah, 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 you know. So, so coming back to this car ride conversation, you know, it's not like I can tell my mom all these things that I just shared with you. She's not going to get it. She'll just roll her eyes, be like, oh, here she goes talking about some jibber jabber that I don't understand. Um, So she's, you know, she knows what she knows and she's not interested in, I guess, looking beyond. Um, Or maybe she is and she doesn't know. I don't know. But I, I know that I have broached topics with her, subjects with her that are beyond what she's familiar with, beyond the the tangibles but she doesn't usually seem to be very receptive to what i have to say so you know happiness is all about doing and pursuing the things that light you up and it doesn't mean it has to be your job i've talked about this before right but the way you make money in this lifetime doesn't have to be grueling and stressful and resent and create resentment in you it can be something that is simple something that feels light it doesn't have to be your life's purpose you know um in a previous episode i mentioned that i i heard about somebody's friend who decided she was going to work at the at the local grocery store because she enjoyed just the daily chit chat with shoppers and she didn't want the stress of her corporate job that she had. You know, she wanted to be able to come in, clock in, do her thing, clock out, leave work at work. And she's so much happier for it. So it's really about paying attention to what lessons are coming into our lives. What are we learning as experiences happen? Right. So this conversation with my mom, I'm learning that she is stuck in her ways. She's stuck in that thinking that's very limiting. But I'm also learning that I have grown and evolved and healed all, not all, but whatever wounds that would normally have been triggered during a conversation like that, because I didn't get defensive. I didn't like go, oh, mom, you don't understand or whatever. You know, I didn't throw that teenager roll of the eyes angst at her. I just did it internally. (laughs) But I also didn't, it didn't activate me. I felt very neutral in that moment. And I thought to myself, yeah, she really doesn't get it, that the happiness is not found in money. And as a sort of, not a jab, but as a, a way to slide in that there are other ways of being in the world beyond the 
boomer thinking. And I when I say boomer, I mean literally the boomer generation. I don't mean boomer like the kids these days use it. Although, I mean, that's where it comes from when they're talking about the boomer generation. But the boomer generation thinks, okay, this is the life path. You get a job, a stable job. You stay with that company for as long as you can so you can get some pension. And then you retire and then you do the thing that you love right? First of all, there's no such thing as pension anywhere. Second of all, nobody stays at a company for as long as they, the boomer generation did. There's no loyalty anymore. It's like, all right, where do I get the the best opportunity to grow and evolve in my craft? And where do I also get paid better and treated well? I, I'm not going to take you know, crappy treatment just for loyalty sake, you know, like staying at one company for 20 years. What does that prove to anybody? It proves that I am boring. <laughs> I mean, that's my perspective, but, um, and says the, says the one who's been teaching at a university, same university for almost 20 years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just talking stuff. So what I said to her as a way to, to have, to plant the seed for her to, to see things a little bit differently was that at the university, the school, the college where my oldest uh, attends, they um, they gave this really great presentation to the parents uh, during move-in weekend that I really appreciated. And this this college is your typical small liberal arts college, right? Where they're really invested in having students take classes from all disciplines you know it's not just hardcore stem which i feel has an overemphasis at um in higher education but there is this call for balance you know between the humanities and the sciences and just having them be together in conversation like you need both in order to create thoughts and develop critical thinking skills that allow for you to be a whole human being, not just a robot, you know, like we study history so that we can study the behaviors of humans so that we may choose to not repeat it. For example, you know, we study English and literature because we want to understand the human emotion, the human ways of relating with each other and interacting in relationship right? And different ways of expressing it. I mean, I don't like the way some people express things with their writing, you know, some writing I hate, some literature I hate, but it doesn't speak to me. So I study the ones that um, are in conversation with who I am and where I am while looking at the ones that I don't like, because it's all comprehensive. It's, it's all encompassing. And so I tell this to my mom, you know, that they're talking about the importance of this liberal arts education because, and this is the part that I don't know, I hope that she heard, but because this particular generation is preparing intellectually, that is, for jobs that may not have even been created yet. Our technology is moving so quickly and evolving so rapidly. Our society is moving so rapidly. There are jobs that haven't been created yet or jobs that have just been created that weren't even around when, you know, I was in college or even 10 years ago. So for example, I have a student now who's made, I forget what major he's, he's, he's got a major and then two minors. And I was like, what? They seem all unrelated. I think it's like physics 
and creative writing and something else like graphic design or something. I was like, what? Like, no, maybe it wasn't graphic. I don't remember what it was. Anyway. So I said to him, what do you do with all that? Like those three things feel very different. And he goes, oh, because I want to be a blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember the word. I have to look it up. But I was like, well, what is that? And he goes, it's the person. He goes, look, you know your apps? And I go, yeah. He's like, think about like Spotify. I was like, okay. He's like, think about the design of that app. How nice is it? How like intuitive is it? Like you can find things very easily. You know, you just, you just know where it is. Like there's a person who designed that. That's what I want to do. I was like, what? Didn't even think about that. Didn't even think that that was a job. I like, you know, we take things for granted because we're just like, oh, we'll just open up Spotify. We'll do this, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, whoa. He goes, yeah. He's like, it's like user interface, something, something. I don't remember. But I was like, that job did not exist like 10 years ago. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. So I mentioned this to my mom and I don't know if that hurt, had her thinking, but I hope it did because we need to think, and I hate saying outside of the box, but we need to think outside of the box. We need to understand that we are constantly evolving and changing as humans, as a society. And so how do we stay on top of that? How do we flow with the changes? Practice, right? And when I say practice, I don't mean like, well, I mean, practice in all kinds of ways. We'll say that in all kinds of ways, practice yoga and meditation, because you want to stay connected with your soul, with your inner self, with your intuition, with your heart, right? Practice talking to people engaging with people because you want to stay connected with community because we are a community because at the rate at which we are moving it is so easy to lose human connection so easy and then we spiral into loneliness and depression and anxiety and then we are of no use to anybody how are we contributing to the greater good if we are beating ourselves up, right? So let us practice staying connected with people. You know, set up a weekly or a bi-weekly coffee date with somebody, a new person every time, or go out to Starbucks and work from Starbucks and just kind of like be around people. You don't even have to talk to them. If you're more introverted, you know, you can just like be around the interactions of other people, like hearing people order, hearing other people's little chit chat of exchange. Like I always chit chat with the barista, like, Hey, you know, nothing deep or interesting, just like talking about the weather or maybe like something funny popped up while I was ordering, who knows, but it's to be among human interaction is really key to mental health. In my opinion, you know, I'm no doctor, so don't, you know, don't take that to the, don't take that to the bank, so to speak, <laughs> you know, but it's about practicing. Okay. And I, and I want to be mindful of how I'm using the word practicing because it's not practice. Like this is pretend and there's something real later. No, 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 no. I'm saying the more we practice, the better we get at doing something. Like when you play the piano, when you sing, which reminds me that I need to practice some music, you know, so that I can get better at 
what it is that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make music and I want to sound assured. I want to sound confident. Practice with a sport, right? If my, my kids are competitive swimmers, they go to practice every day, ideally. And with every practice, even though it feels repetitive and boring, you know, and swimming is a hard sport to practice because you're just in the pool, like swimming laps at different, you know, intervals and different things, but it just gets boring. Like in your mind, you're like, I'm not even interacting with people. I mean, you are because your, your friends are there swimming with you, but it's not like basketball where you're like passing the ball to another player. But with each practice, and they're not going to notice this, but with each practice, they become more refined in their technique, which then equals faster times, smoother glides into the water, you know, and just overall improvement. So think about the word practice as part of your evolutionary growth, you know, practicing talking to strangers, for example, you know, my my oldest doesn't like talking to strangers, which is okay, you know, like stranger danger, whatever. But she is is an introvert who is reluctant to strike up conversation with people like in her class or whatever. I mean, she talks to them, but she's a little reluctant, you know, but if she practices that initiating a conversation, then it feels less scary. It becomes more familiar. And so can we practice the things that help us and our highest good and the highest good of all others, you know, tarot cards, I practice that. And with each reading I give, I get better and better. Oracle cards, same thing. Writing poetry, you know, people look at me, they're like, oh my God, you're so good at writing poems. Like, I can't believe you wrote that in five minutes. I'm like, I've been practicing writing poems for like 30 years, if not longer. So I would hope that I could write a decent poem. I mean, it doesn't have to be spectacular, but you know, I've practiced tapping in. So that is the thing that I think can lead us to alignment with our higher calling, with our life's purpose, and in understanding that the challenges we face are part of our learning. And when we can practice resilience, when we can practice self-awareness and understanding who we are at our core, we can get the tools we need in order to learn and overcome the challenges that are designed to teach us. Make sense? I hope so. Um, so yeah, so that is my, that is my, I guess my, my teaching for today, you know, to think about, okay, what lights you up? What makes you happy? And can you practice doing that? Can you hold that practice of connecting with yourself as a way through the inevitable hardships of this life, of being human, right? What can you do to keep yourself steady, to hold yourself during the rough waves of whatever storm 
but then also to be able to appreciate the calm waters when they come because inevitably they will come it takes practice and so this my friends is what i would like for you to think about this week okay now i'm going to close this episode with a poem by hafez from the book the gift this is the original poem poetry oracle when I first started this podcast. Um, so here we go with today's poem. This is called, It Is Unanimous. It is unanimous where I come from. Everyone agrees on one thing. It's no fun when God is not near. All are hunters. The wise man learns the friend's weaknesses and sets a clever trap. Listen, the beloved has agreed to play a game called love. Our sun sat in the sky way before this earth was born, waiting to caress a billion faces. Hafez encourages all art, for at its height it brings us light near. It brings light near to us. The wise man learns what draws God near. It is the beauty of compassion in your heart. And there you have it, my friends. All right. Well, I hope you have a beautiful week and that whatever you're going through, know that you have the capacity within you to overcome and to uplift and to celebrate. And if you need to, you can always reach out to me, send me an email at uh, leslieann at suryagian.com. So it's L-E-S-L-I-E-A-N-N at sign suryagian, S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N.com. Send me an email. Say, hey, what's up? This is what I'm going through. Can you help? Or I got a question for you. Or, hey, that episode was really awesome. Whatever it is, send me a note. Tell me you're out there. I'd love to hear from you. And you can also check out my offerings on suryagian.com. I got all kinds of things uh, from tarot readings to one-on-one coaching to workshops to that tap into your higher self and your higher calling. So that, my friends, is the episode for today. And I will close it, as I always do, with the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagian.com slash subscribe.